are brokers who are selling, who are making at least 9,000 Naira out of every 20,000 Naira in new, in new notes that they sell. So there are people that are already pro um, profiting from this. And it's a trend in the CBN's policies. Hello, you're welcome to our Ready Book Podcast, a weekly Nigerian podcast where we answer the most asked and discussed issues in Nigeria. My name is Guto, the host of the podcast. At our Red Eagle, we are just talking to interesting and knowledgeable people, especially around trading topics that are a bit unclear and obscure. Today, one of the knowledgeable people we'll be speaking with is Emmanuel Francis, a self-described Nigerian nationalist and a highly sought-after commentator in both Nigeria and world affairs. He has over 18 million views on Quora and has written for some public Nigerian publications, including Business Day. We welcome him today to discuss what exactly the CBN's Naira redesign policy means for Nigerians. Awesome. So, Emmanuel Francis, glad to have you on the show. Um, can you just give us a high level of, you know, your background and just tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into writing? <laughs> what inspired you? All right. Um, I'm, I'm Emmanuel Francis. Um, I was born in 1994, so I'm not quite the I'm not quite old, and I'm not quite that young either. So I'm somewhat as a, a middle aged by Nigerian life expectancy standards. Um, I studied history at the University of Lagos, okay. and um, the reason I write is because I believe that um, what most Nigerians, especially what we face online and in the current literature or not, it's either, I don't want to call it mediocre, but it's not, it's, it's not, it's not going to inspire Nigerians to do what we need to do to make our country better. And most importantly, quite a bit of it, it's actively meant to denigrate us as a people, to make us um, believe that we are doomed to fail. And I don't think that is true. And I don't. And even if it's true, I don't think that's something that most of us should believe. Because you know, belief is like the first step towards achievement. You have to believe that you want to do so. Yeah, you can achieve something. That's what makes yeah. you um, put in the necessary sacrifices to keep on moving forward. So um, that's yeah. um, the primary inspiration um, behind the reason why I write and try to learn as much as I can, so that my writing is at least backed up with, let's say, 90% of facts and at least some 10% speculation. I hope to improve the ratio going forward, but right now, at least that's what I can confidently assert, that that's, um, that that's my view of the world. So um, mm -hmm. thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um... So, you know, you said you write it 90% fact and 10% speculation. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things we really want to know right now is what are the facts around the redesign policy? And can you start by just telling us exactly how you felt when you first heard about the CBN and our redesign policy? Where were you and what triggered in your head? Like, what, what, <laughs> what came away? Like, oh my God, what did this guy just do? Or are you like, oh, this is awesome. It's going to push us forward. What was your first initial reaction? All right. Um, excellent question. Um, let's see. I first saw it um, in the newspaper like everyone else. Um, probably this day because that's... Um, you, still, you still read newspapers. <laughs> everyone should still read newspapers. I watch NTA too. Yes, it's boring, but it's important. But um, So um, 
I probably saw it um, on this day. Um, and when I first saw the announcement, I, to be honest, um, I didn't feel anything because um, I had um, changing currencies. It's something that happens naturally in the life cycle of any monetary, any currency, the design. So I'm asked to change, for example, you know, in the United States, they're going to change um, the figure on their $20 bill from Andrew Jackson to, I think, um, Harriet Tubman. Um, yes, to Harriet Tubman. Um, every new every new reign in a monarchy, the currency, the, the figure on the currency changes. And um, for example, then you guys, your your sovereign is going to change soon. <laughs> so you guys will start spending a different pace. So I said, okay, um, that isn't bad. But um, as I started to learn more about it, my feelings started to change, um, especially because um, something I believe that is important is that a currency should reflect um, a currency should, number one. It should be um, something that can be used as a collector's item. Yeah, there's um, this group of people, um, Numi, Numi, Numi Statics or something. They are basically collectors, coin collectors. They are enthusiasts for coin collectors because, you know, the, the design on coins are usually beautiful. And I feel that the same thing should happen to paper currency as well. It should be something that anyone can be proud to have in their wallet. So when I heard that, you know, they were just going to change the color. Um, that, you know, that dulled my enthusiasm a bit. And that was yeah. when I, started, I first started to, you know, develop negative feelings towards the policy. But otherwise, I was willing, I was and I am still willing to give it a chance. After all, it's not like I have any power to change anything about it. So That's neutral, <laughs> um, neutral to a bit um, disinterested. It's um, the nitty gritty, which I believe that we're going to turn to next, that um, I have some problems with, or rather I have some strong opinions about. Yeah. You, you said, you said you know, your, your feelings changed when you just found out that it was the colors we were changing. I was actually in Nigeria. I was actually in Nigeria when the currency came out, like when they showed, they showcased what the currency would look like. And everyone was just like, my God, this guy has just changed the color. Like we're expecting, we're expecting something, maybe, you know, like thinner notes because the Naira is, is is really is big. It's a fat currency. It's white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's big. So we're expecting something, you know, thinner, maybe like a dollar or something. And we just saw, change the material. Exactly. We just changed the colors and it, it just looks weird. <laughs> exactly. And it's not like yeah. the colors, the new colors were an improvement. And, you know, Colors, in a way, are they are they are part of the brand of the currency. You know, when you say greenbacks, everyone knows what you mean. When you yeah. say when the 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 Chinese um, um, renminbi, it's red because red is the color of good luck in Chinese culture. So, yeah. if we're going to change from gray to green, what does that mean, really? As in, what was the principle behind the change? So it just starts to come off as ill thought out, and that's part of um, the the problems, the rather strong opinions that I have, that the policy, while good, it's, it seems like it wasn't really torture. Something that happened on the whim, or right, the execution has been poor. So, um, yeah. You said, you said the currency, you know, the policy is good. So yeah. can you say, you know, let's, let, let's get some objectives of what the CBN really wanted to achieve with this policy. Um, one of them, at least, you know, that's out there that they, want, they wanted to achieve the policies, reduction of banknotes outside the vaults of the banking network. How does that help anything? How does that help Nigeria's economy or All right. what's the purpose? Why, why the objective, essentially? All right. Um, 
if you remember the, let's say, I don't want to use rain because um, at the end of the day, the governor is still is still a democratic um, official. But let's say during the governorship of um, the brief the brief Emir Sanusi two, briefly Emir Sanusi two, that's um, Sanusi Olamide Sanusi. Yeah. He he was at the vanguard of what's called um, the cashless policy of the CBA. And I've been a beneficiary of that policy. I my well on the negative side is that my signature is terrible. I haven't had much practice with it. I'm a you know token and ATM card guy and transfer online transfer. So I probably signed my signature probably less than hundred times <laughs> since I invented that. Yeah. So that's the negative side. But the positive side, you know, within five minutes you can make a transaction to any Nigerian in the world. And I believe that that's actually world class. I was surprised to hear that Americans it takes like three to four days for their yeah. for the online transfers to clear. So you know, kudos yeah. to us there. And of course, you know, you can buy anything. You can buy anything online at least within reason. I except you know when the when we started to run out of dollars for maybe something we will discuss in another in another that's episode. That's <laughs> yeah. So that's you know the convenience of the cashless policy. It has been. It has been great. It has been excellent. And then kudos to the officials at the central bank. But the reality is that most Nigerians transact in Naira. You know, they hold they, yeah. they they the, they hold, sorry, they transact in cash. They hold yeah. the, they put it in their pillows. They keep it under their, they, they, they put it in their strong rooms. They, you know, mm-hmm. put it in a box. Um, I've forgotten what the, what the savings you know, box. You know, you know, you know, you know for, for last, for last said one of his songs, it was like, you hide it under cooking pot. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so there has been like um, a, a bifurcation between, let's say, the, the um, technologically savvy and those that aren't. So those that aren't, they still transact expressly in cash. So one of the policies that the, the central bank hopes to remedy is to increase the digital digital spending within Nigeria, within the narrow use. You know, there's number one, if, if there are fewer paper currency, um, there's going to, the cost of printing the Naira is going to be reduced a bit. The inflationary impact is also going to come down. But most importantly, digital transactions can be traced. You know, for example, yeah. if in, in theory, if someone is able to complain about, let's say, scam in time. The bank can freeze the transfer and even reverse it. That's impossible to do with cash. So what the CBN hopes to do is that by by making this process as um, difficult as possible, at least that's me being generous, that they can increase the number of people who transact um, using the the non-cash options, you know, USSD, um, digital banking, online transfers, ATMs, POS, and, um, and of course, the e-naira, which we keep on hearing about. But yeah. the thing is that, um, at least my belief, or rather my analysis is that the, the those people who use cash, it's not, it's, it's not a sin of omission. They, they literally have no choice. Either they're uncomfortable with um, the, digital, the digital options or they don't know how to use it. And... So that means that eventually, after this whole process, for example, um, I have right in front of me now um, 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 a Disney article from 20 hours ago, and the, um, reporting on the on the on the 
um, on Governor Mayfield's press conference where he said um, where he says that um, 1.5 trillion naira of of um, old cash has been returned. Now that might sound like an achievement, but um, as of the time when we wrote, as of the time when we wrote um, the article for um, our Red Eagle, um, it says that um, there were 3.2 trillion. There was 3.2 trillion naira out outside the bank vault. So about half of it has been returned, and the clock is ticking. So that means that um, for every Nigerian who had cash outside the bank vaults before the new policy to have gotten back their cash, they'll have to return about at least one trillion naira, if not more, in about six days. But that's obviously going to be impossible because weekends are included. And in some places, you know, the southeast, Monday and Tuesdays are no-go areas, and the northwest is also troubled, part of the northeast too. So basically, a lot of people aren't going to get their cash back in time. So that means that a lot of people are going to they are going, their, money, their money is going to be rendered useless come 1st of February, come 1st of yeah, February so 2023. Okay, interesting. So do, do, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think people are going to keep using the currency to transact and it's just going to be like, the government said X, but <laughs> we're not able to do that and we're going to just keep using this currency because we're not able to get it back to the banks. Or you feel like they're just going to lose their money and then that's, that's it for them. They've lost income. There are two possibilities. Um, the politicians are uh, mounting pressure on government. They feel it to extend the deadline. And that, that, that has happened before. Um, NIN, um, I don't know if you've gotten your NIN, but like there was a time when the, when was his name again? And the minister of, um, um, Mr. Mr. Pantami. Um, the minister of yeah. Digi- of inform of communication, you know, communications and digital, etc. When he made yeah. the deadline for everyone to get N and their NIN numbers, and there was like this massive crowds across the country, he had to extend it. I believe it was extended twice, and um, again with um with um the PVC, the PVCX was also extended. Um, PVC collection deadline for PVC collection was also extended. So. There is precedent that despite Governor Emefile saying, okay, we're going to extend 31st January, is 31st January. After that, you're on your own. There's precedence that he's going to extend. Yeah, he's going to extend. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, that, kind of, that kind of brings me to like my next point. And that's, you know, I won't say, I won't say um, politicians are necessarily crime syndicates or counterfeiters. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one of the things that the, you know, the policy was meant to do was, as you said, track transactions easily and reduce cash in, you know, cash in circulation so that we're able to, you know, easily track transactions digitally. digitally. So um, if the deadline is extended and Hopefully. then that runs, that runs into, a, a, you know, elections, <laughs> do you think, yeah, so do you think, you know, the deadline... They are putting pressure to extend the deadline because of the upcoming election. Do you think that's one of the you know core drivers of the pressure that MFL is currently feeling? Um, that is it's, it's it's certainly plausible, but um, there's um something else that I feel um has to be mentioned, which is that um people have been profiting from from the scarcity. Because let's be honest, this rollout it has been the idea might be fantastic. The rollout has been terrible. As in, hmm. it's it's been horrid, really. 
even I went to the ATM three days ago and all the Naira I got is still the old currency. And, you know, the CBN, they are making noise about how they banned banks from loading their ATMs with old currency. As at five days ago, that's a lie. I went to the ATM and I got old currency and that's the deadline is already ticking. So I'm going to have to go on a spending spree <laughs> between between now and Friday. But now there are brokers, at least in Abuja, at least I read an article, a news, um, news article in Abuja, at least that there are brokers who are selling, who are making at least 9,000 Naira out of every 20,000 Naira in new, in new notes that they sell. So there are people that are already pro- um, profiting from this and it's a trend in the CBN's policies. You know how, um, what's it called, the arbitrage between the official um, um, currency rates and the black market rates. It and has already emerged. Yeah, and the parallel market rates. It has already emerged. It's basically something that we all take for granted now, which it shouldn't be. So that's um, another possibility that they are going, they are going to emerge, um, brokers are going to emerge between those who haven't been able to exchange their Naira. That's assuming yeah. there isn't a deadline between those who are going to, who haven't been able to exchange their old currency for new currency. So the brokers are going to emerge, who are going to make profits um, um, so selling selling new currency to people for markups, significant markups. So that's likely what's going to happen. So how, how long do you think that, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying. I think it's possible. Um, I think for that to happen, you know, CBM would need to really enforce the laws that people don't spend. And I, I, I see a possibility that people actually transact in old currencies. Yes, I but, see that as well. Yeah, but let's let's say that. let's say you want to buy a bottle of Coke. It's now two fifty for um, one hundred and fifty CL. So you want to buy a bottle of Coke and you bring old currency. Maybe the person will take it and say that it's going to be five hundred naira if you have old currency. So and yeah, because yes, because they will have to sell it to a broker who will sell the new currency to them. So that is what the, after everything, the governor has, the governor and the CBN officials, they have to be really condemned for the rollout. It has been terrible. What should have happened is that on the day they announced, that was the day they should have started distributing the new currency. If we'd, we'd, if we'd had, let's say, four to five months of the new currency in circulation, yeah. it would have replaced the old currency just through market forces as more people spend the new one. But obviously, yeah. obviously that didn't happen. Now we are dealing with a situation of scarcity, and anytime there is scarcity, they are going to be smuggling, which is basically what's happening now. People are smuggling in the new currency for the old. So, <laughs> but I, I guess to look at it another way is like CBN would argue that we've given you at least six weeks to exchange your currency, your old currency. We've been announcing it. It's been, you know, we get messages on on MTN and all the different. Telling networks, you know, communication networks telling you that you should change your currency. So why haven't you changed your currency despite <laughs> the fact that you've been so many for so long? Because it isn't available. That's just the reality. It's like expecting anyone, this anyone who isn't connected to buy dollar at four eighteen. That's obviously just not going to happen. It's not true. It's not happening. So, so the, okay. So the CBN has not. They've not printed enough of the notes to actually satisfy the demand that the expected yes precisely and i think there's a policy um, explanation for that if they print if they if they had sent in the new notes into, into circulation it would have expanded the available money supply and been inflationary but still 
the fact that they haven't been able to coordinate properly with the banks to ensure that there's a one-to-one exchange rate for new and old, and basically people have been reduced to buying it on the black market. It shows that there's been there was a policy mis failure somewhere, and in an ideal society, someone will come out and say we are sorry. But instead, what we're ha- what we're happening now is you know Nigerian gragra. We told you if you don't do it, if you not if you not do it on time, then you sabi. Well. That's what encourages crime here, yeah, and that's basically already what's happening. Because you know, how can someone sell you twenty thousand naira for twenty nine thousand naira? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, doesn't 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 make any sense. I don't think people won't want to do that. Um, move it. Let's move on to something else. Wanna, let's move on to more, more of the objectives that you know this policy was meant to cover, and some other some other of the objectives were you know re- reduction of QT notes in use. And also, you know, trying to, you know, reverse advances of counterfeiters. And so what, what do you have to say about the policy, you know, meeting those objectives? And are those objectives attainable and are they useful? Because something like reduction of filthy notes in use, do you think it's a useful, <laughs> it's a useful um, objective for people to, for the bank to go to the stress of, you know? Okay. Um, here's what I think. Um, yeah. Governor Emefile was always going to demonetize the Naira. Um, he was always going to do this policy. So instead of what now happened was after making a decision, he now went out to look for justifications for it. So some of them don't quite mesh, which will go, which which will explore as um, we go on in the show. But for example, filter notes and counterfeiters. Okay, you're going to. I'm um, address counterfeiters, and as I said, um, by increasing the digital, um, the the number of digital transactions as opposed to cash transactions, that is going to address it on its own. So that's yeah. that that one. It's um that's that's a plausible that's a plausible um possibility. But the thing is that it's going to create a whole new um, class of criminals. For example, um, if you if you talk to anyone. Most you, especially the old people, they will tell you, "Okay, I went to POS, and later on, someone I got a, I got an alert that someone had withdrawn from my account because you know they trust people with their pins, or they yeah. do, you, sometimes you go, you'll be an ATM, you see an old person, I'm asking someone else to help to help her or him, um, um open withdraw for them, you know, these yes. basic security things and things that just saying, okay, we've gone digital, is going to address." It's something that we have to admit that, okay, there are some Nigerians who don't know, some Nigerians who are used to this technology, and they are going to be vulnerable, and they are going to be, there are people who are going to victimize them. So what we should now say is, okay, how do we protect these this, um, potential victims from the criminals? But yes, um, the current policy will, um, it will reduce um, the, it will reduce the, it will reduce um, the ability of counterfeiters to, profits but it won't reduce the ability of scammers and hackers to profit so what you should be telling us is this is um, these are the digital these are the security steps we've taken to protect um, digital only users especially those who are elderly and who aren't used to who are digital first in their um who, who they are yeah, in their thinking yeah. precisely um as for filter yeah. notes as for filter notes yes of course same logic if more people, when you want to do your, um, your, if you want to spray money at your party, if more people simply start sending alerts, 
and start um, using CUDA to send party alerts or, or any of the, well, CUDA is most popular. So any of the, I apologize to any of the companies. We are not sponsored by CUDA, at least not yet. <laughs> but so if you want to use your, um, to do transfer instead of spray money, that will reduce the um, number of filter notes in circulation. But if we're being honest, notes are filthy because it's a cultural thing. It's about how Nigerians treat them, the currency themselves. You know, when you spray it or when you don't store it well, it becomes filthy. And it's also about how expensive it is for the CBN to print this currency. So instead of, let's say, destroying currencies maybe once every year, you probably see currencies that are old. And I mean, who hasn't been to an ATM here and you've, um, you've withdrawn money and you, you could actually literally see the germs and the currency, the ATM spits back at you. So it's it's <laughs> it's it's not it's, it's it's a cultural it's a cultural thing. So even if we say there'll be after all, everyone here has everyone here has gotten means means currency at least once in their lifetime. But eventually, you'll go back to using those dirty currencies because it's a cultural thing. So that's true. Like for for means currency to be something we look up to. In Nigeria, you can tell that it's a cultural thing because we're actually like, oh my God, I have means, you know, it's celebrated like it's some precious metal. Uh, yeah, precisely. <laughs> um, you know, you spoke about MFLA wanting, you know, wanting to push this policy forward. Um, you said it's something he was always going to do. Um, what makes you think he was always going to implement this policy and it's coming so close to the elections. That's, that's one of the things people are, you know... Yes, even, even a leading so candidate. Why is it coming so close to the elections? That's one of the things people are, like, what are asking. Um, and what is the reason he's trying to do this? So he said he was always going to do it. So what makes you think, you know, he wanted this policy? And do you think there is any reason that he's doing it so close to... Or, you know, one of the trickiest elections Nigeria has ever faced in its history. All right. Um, okay, there are, there are two answers. Um, there are two questions there. One is why he would support this policy, and two, why he's going to be doing it um, this close to the elections. Um, I think that um, those are two um, separate categories. So, first, why he would, in theory, support this policy is that um, the, the cashless policy, it's been. Um, it's been a it's been um central bank policy for a while. I think it's gone through two different governorships um San, um Sanusi the Sanusi years and obviously the Mfili years. So there's a bit of continuity in the CBM mm-hmm. policies there that we want Nigeria to be cashless because as I've said, printing currency is expensive and the number of um the number of currency in um, circulation it's it's um it's high basically and that that's that's causing inflation. That's a rather it's not causing inflation, it's um, exacerbating inflation. Inflation. Yeah. Yeah. So by reducing the amount of um, currency in circulation, there is hope that it will at least take off one of the it's you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of fields that are that's causing our inflation to spiral. And you know, by taking off that one will be like um, removing taking off the foot of the pedal, at least in a way. The car will keep moving, but it will start slowing. Yeah. So that's um, one reason for him to do that. Second is that he's obviously tied his legacy to the um, to the in era. You know, 
um, where we we are, I think we are second, the second country to implement um, a digital currency after the Bahamas. So at least, well, at least top three or top ten. So obviously, Governor Emefile wants that to be something that you know history will remember him for. So really, what this is doing is that by eliminating Naira, he hopes that more people will start using Naira. And if more people start using Naira, who are they going to say was the guy that brought in Naira? So Governor Emefile, obviously. So now, as for elections, there has also been. Um, long-standing government policy towards increasing the digital visibility of Nigerians, you know, NIN, BVN, um, yeah. for example, those are, and obviously the in era, those are um, planks of that policy. You know, if we are Americans, we might start going on about privacy and all that, but obviously Nigerians are not care. So, so, so um, that has also been long, um, a long-standing government policy. So if one was being generous, one could say that, you know, this has been a long-standing policy and it has nothing to do with the elections. You know, it's coincidental. And if you feel that, you know, that this obviously, that this policy is going to affect your chances of winning, then that just shows that um, you probably didn't have much of an endurance to start. But obviously there is also the, the um, paranoid aspect that somebody that tried to run for president is trying to, Yes, they take revenge against the style of doing politics that denied him his ambition. So, yeah. so if we're going to be speculative, we can say that he's obviously, you know, he's trying to show up the politicians that didn't give him the tickets by ruining their chances of buying their way into power, basically. Maybe, maybe there's somewhere there's um you know maybe he's doing the villain monologue. <laughs> Since you guys didn't give me the tickets. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to I'm going to use my powers to make you suffer. So maybe, probably, but you can I, I think you can argue that the the policy is definitely good for um you know the country as a whole. Yes, I yes. think it's I think, the implementation you know, about, that's the problem. Yeah, uh, you spoke about how we um we need to move moving towards like a cashless society, which is very beneficial because one. Printing currencies is, is, is expensive to do for a country, and um, two, it's it's just more it's more difficult to track things, cash, you know, yeah. of, of transactions when it's cash based. So I, I think almost like the older people, older generations are almost like collateral damage. It almost seems like a collateral damage in in this policy, but it's definitely something that needs to happen. It's something that it needs to happen, and I think we just need to tear off that bandaid and say, let's do this. So maybe that's why the CBN has done it. Oh yes, um, one minute, sorry. Just, All right. Okay. Um, to 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 clarify, it's not just old people; it's old people and the poor and those who are illiterate. So, for example, it's easy enough to transact. Um, it's easy enough to transact um, digital um, digital um, to transact digitally if you have um, a smartphone and obviously you know how to navigate the internet. But for a lot of Nigerians, that isn't the case. Um, I've met many people who don't have bank accounts and who refuse to even um, merge with the banking network. So those people are going to be collateral damage. But for every, if you are, let's say, in your 20s and you live in Lagos or Abuja or PH, uh, you're going to be fine, really. And it's going to be good for you. It's going to improve your security. But for everyone else, those are the collateral damage. And especially yeah. with the poor implementation and, you know, let's say the mixed messages, if he was honest and going, if, let me not say honest, if he had been 
um, forthcoming and being like, okay, guys, this is Nigeria. You know, we are a third world country. We are developing. There's going to be um, some kinks in this, but in the long run, it's going to be good for everybody. If he had come out and said that, that can be something that can be supported. But, you know, in the, in the Nigerian fashion, he's going on about how he's the best thing ever. And, you know, that obviously isn't true, at least. Yeah, it's going yeah. to be people who are going to suffer. But is that's, that, is, that's not true for the majority. What you're trying to say is that that's not true for the majority of Nigerians. Yes. Because the majority of Nigerians live in multidimensional poverty. Precisely. So, you know, yeah, so, looking at things from that angle, it's actually... And, and they use cash. Cash is literally the lubricant of their lives. And it's cash has been, um, let me be a bit philosophical, cash has been, you know, there are a lot of people for whom cash has been um, um, a liberation. Let's say a wife who are a wife, a poor woman who her husband beats, and but she can always hide her cash, you know. But if she has to, I mean, she obviously can't hide her phone. So if her husband is maltreating her, it's obviously easier for him to get access to her cash in the cash in her the money in her phone as opposed to her cash hidden under hidden in her wrapper. So it's things like this that you know when we make when or rather when those um, our policymakers make policy from on high, there's a tendency for them to forget you know the little people um, in the process. Hmm. Very interesting. That's a very interesting way to definitely look at that. Okay, so in conclusion, yeah, what would you say? the government the nigerian government should should do to make this implementation process smoother for the average person that you just spoke about living in my multi-dimensional poverty what should they do to help that person's switch you know that transition where you're going from a cash-based society where they understand transactions seamlessly they don't have a smartphone they don't have they don't have a bank account they are still keeping um, money as Fela said, under cooking reports, what do they do now moving to a digital Nigeria? How what does that process look like for them? Um, you know, um something about Nigeria that we have to take, um something about Nigeria that we have to accept is that there are obviously going to be two countries, especially as we develop, there are going to be those who have been able to leverage the available technologies to let's say, make lives that if are not close to first world, if they are not first world, are very close to first world, and then there's going to be the majority of Nigerians, you know, those who, when you pass Makoko or any of the slums around, around the country, really, those, those who are there. And they are always going to be part of us. They are going to be Nigerians. We can't ignore them. So sometimes when we make these policies, it's always going to, it's, be, it's for the best if we, or rather, if the poli- if the policymakers and those who discuss about the policies that make, because obviously, um, I doubt people in let's say the those seventy percent who live in multi dimensional poverty, they are going to be seeing the the, the results of these policies not um, as something theoretical. They are going to be seeing it as something that is going to affect their lives, their profits, and yeah. their ability to to um to you know to have the good things of life in this country, even as hard as it as, as um, government policies sometimes make it. So. We need to accept that there's always going to be a dual track, um, a dual track Nigeria, and in this, it's it's fine for some things to be slower, um, for some things to be slower as we move forward, at least so that other people can keep up, not necessarily catch up, but keep up. So, ideally, what should have happened is that the CBN should have been 
they should have had the cash on hand that they were going to exchange to ensure that there was a one-to-one -one exchange ratio. There, there was a one-to-one -one exchange ratio, which hasn't happened because there's obviously scarcity. Second, so, and second, instead of, um, let's say, instead of, um, instead of making banks the third parties in this, in this transaction, CBN should have been the direct agents ensuring that there is an exchange of Naira for, an exchange of Naira for, of old Naira for new Naira. That should have been, because obviously, I don't know why the banks have found it so hard, and the banks aren't coming forward to explain why they found it so hard to distribute the new currencies. So rather, the CBN should have ensured that at least in every local government that they had a post where people, uh, where everyone, and to be fair, they are doing that recently. They, 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 I think they started their rural outreach last week or so. But it's, already, it's obviously too late for that because even the positive news report says that they've only been able to recover half of the cash, of the old cash in, in, in circulation. So that yeah. means that at least 50% of Nigerians are going to, either if there is no extension, at least 50% of Nigerians are going to see, are going to lose money, basically, and for something that they didn't, they weren't told about beforehand. And second, um, um, you know, there's um, this tendency for Nigerian policies to be made, made, done in stealth mode. You know, someone would just wake up and say, okay, guys, this is what you're going to do. That isn't, that isn't ideal. There should at least always be a year, a year so that people can make plans and be, be able to adapt on time. So if either the CBN had started immediately or they had given a longer off-ramp so that people could adjust, but obviously now it's rushed and people aren't adjusting as well. So hopefully everyone makes it out, um, makes it out, or makes it out to the other side. But I am skeptical, especially in the southeast. If if you if people if people aren't able to get their cash out and get new naira by Saturday, if there is no extension, they would have lost their money because Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, and there's going to be no activities apart from church on Sunday. So, at least in the southeast, for that, at least in the southeast, if people aren't able, in fact, even I, when I went to, um, I think Roban, one of um, our major retail stores in the region, yeah. they said that if you, if they are from twenty eight, that they are going to stop collecting the old currency. So, if you aren't able to get new new naira by twenty eight, effectively speaking, you are going to be stuck with something. You are going to be certain if there's not, if there's no extension, it's going to go to zero on the 1st of February, 2023. So for many people, it might not be a happy new month. That's an interesting way to say it. Okay, so, you know, as a Nigerian, what's the most important thing I need to know moving forward with, you know, this new policy being implemented? What do I need to know and what do I need to do to All right. be, be in, a in being in a you know, beneficial position moving forward? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, unless, let's say the most profitable business to take advantage of it right now is to become a broker for new currencies. So oh. you can sell <laughs> you can sell the new currencies if you have them at a significant markup so that you can profit from that. But um, more seriously, the most important thing to know is that from February 1st, you can't withdraw more than 500000 weekly if you're an individual. If you're a corporate organization, you can't withdraw more than $5 million um, weekly. And if you are forced to do that, you're going to have to um, give your credentials away and you're going to be charged 3 to 5% the 
depending on your on your position and you can no longer give checks above 1 million um, above 100 above 100,000 naira sorry you can no longer send checks so basically get used to doing bank transfers and most importantly if you have an older parent tell them not to give people their pins and you know set up um, um, set up what's, what's the term now um, um, you set up verifications for them so that you know they, they, they any transaction they make a code gets sent to their phone so that they can confirm with that code before the transaction gets clear, gets um, cleared and you know take the time to teach them how to use their ATMs and how to guard their pins um, so that no one can and they shouldn't trust people with it it's not cash don't your card is basically the key to your safe house don't just give it to anyone like it's cash so yeah Take the old people in your in your circle along, and you know, use more digital if you can. You make more digital transactions if you know how. And take t- um, take those who don't know how along in your wider circle. Take them along so that they can adapt to the new age that has been forced on us. But a lot of things that have been forced on you um, end up being good in the long run. You know, if you for those yeah. of you that endured maths when you were younger, I'm sure you're all happy now. <laughs> <laughs> and and thankful. <laughs> so yes, um, that's uh, that's my takeaway. Awesome. Okay. So thank you very much for you know sharing with us all your insights uh, it about the. Privacy. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. So guys, basically, what we need to know about the Naira Resign Policy, key insights that you're going to take away from this episode is one. Your design policy is good for Nigeria in the long term. However, it's going to affect vulnerable people like people living in multidimensional poverty and older generations that are less technical or less tech savvy. You know, two, it's you should go and get your currencies, go and try and change your current your old notes, switch it for the new new notes but before February first, so that you don't lose money. Because essentially, what I think is going to happen is people are going to find a new group of BDCs, broadly change people, essentially, who are going to be brokers, basically selling you new Naira notes for higher prices than for your old, old Naira notes. So try and get this done as soon as possible. Don't, you know, lag behind if you don't want to lose money. All right. Awesome. And... Tune in for the next episode. That's it for this episode of our Red Eagle. Look out for our bite-sized publications at redeagleng.com and follow us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts to get notified of our latest episodes. Don't forget, our Red Eagle is an Ask publication and podcast. This allows you to play an active role in the content that shapes our Red Eagle. You can visit any of our social media pages at our Red Eagle. That is our Red Eagle and send a DM or click the link in the bio to submit a question on a topic you'd like to know more about. Don't forget to subscribe to our bite-sized articles by heading to our website at redeagleng.com. And that's it for me, Guto, the podcast host, and bye for now.